Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. The, the one thing that I've learned is being true to yourself mm-hmm. and being you is the greatest attribute to being a leader. My leadership style has to be true to me or else I just drain, I drain that battery. I, I drain the battery all the time by doing stuff that's not true to me. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Richard Mawson. Richard is the CEO of Menzies Distribution, a logistics and supply chain company with a strong focus on sustainability and innovation. Richard has over 20 years experience in the fast-paced logistics sector, having worked with some of the largest names in the industry. Richard's a strong believer in people power and joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Richard. It's great to have you with us. Yeah, great great to be here too. We're on a, another nice sunny day in Absolutely. Manchester. Absolutely. It's not too bad the other side of the Pennines for, for a change. <laughs> so what I'd like to do is, is talk about uh, Menzies and the organisation. So can you tell us, first of all, a bit about the organisation that you lead, please? Yeah, so it's it's an interesting one. Um, we've, we've just fairly recently been through um, an acquisition and a, mm-hmm. a change in ownership, but uh, up until December last year, I um, am the CEO of Bibi Distribution, mm-hmm. um, a logistics business with 1,400 colleagues, um, 160 million turnover business, um, operating all over the, the UK. Um, in December, we were acquired and we left the kind of the family-owned Bibi Line group and became part of our, our new family, um, mm-hmm. which is part of the Menzies Distribution um, group, which is a, a one billion turnover business, um, which we are now operating as a, a part of. Fantastic. And so, as the leader of a, an organisation like that, and having just gone through that that acquisition, what challenges are you up against at the moment? Um, it's, I think you've got everything at the moment. So we've we've probably had twelve months of um, keeping the wheels turning. Apologies yep. for the pun, the pun in the logistics <laughs> industry yeah. throughout COVID. Um, some of the efforts of our frontline colleagues have, have been phenomenal just to keep food on the shelves and, and mm. keep things going. Um, that's been one big challenge. And then, as always, you've got the inevitable challenges post-acquisition um, and when you're in the integration period of finding your feet um, nervousness among colleagues about what the yeah. future may hold for them personally. But no, look, a really exciting time. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to it later, but, you know, a really challenging time for the logistics industry in terms of driver availability and things like that and Brexit and every, yeah, so yeah. a real mishmash of everything that could be thrown at it. But the one thing I know is that the logistics industry is used to change, is used to challenge, and it's what we actually we thrive on yeah absolutely and it's not going anywhere either you know we need it more and more yeah. than more than ever and and so can you tell us a bit about your journey into leadership then and how did it happen was it yeah by so i'll uh, i'll start from the beginning <laughs> you need you need to have the hovis tune playing in the background for this one so <laughs> i'm a, a work a working class lad from from huddersfield um on the i dare say on the right side of the pennines um <laughs> 
but moved moved on at university to train to be um, a chartered accountant. So I qualified with BDO Stoy Hayward in Manchester yeah. um, some 23 years ago. Um, absolutely loved that, but after three years of doing that, knew I didn't want to stay in an accountancy practice. Okay. The thing that drove me that I found interesting um which is really useful when you're an auditor is understanding how businesses work, understanding yeah. the levers that, that that make them work and make them successful. And probably by chance, um, I went for my first role uh, 20 years ago now. It was in logistics with, mm-hmm. with TDG. Um, and I've worked 17 years following that in a number of logistics businesses, but in finance roles from financial accountant up to CFO um, and, and, you know, board member for the past 10 years. Um, And then in 2018, I made the step up to CEO at what was Bibi um, and took on that kind of the ultimate leadership role and uh, went through all the challenges that that you'd expect with that in what was a turnaround environment, Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, really enjoyable period of of my life really the last three years fantastic and so was that was that by design were you always heading in that that direction for the ceo i you know if pe- people will who know me will say you know i'm a i'm an accountant by trade i'm relatively kind of introverty if you look on the spectrum of introverty extrovert mm-hmm. um i'm a kind of a numbersy person but i'm also very much a people person yeah so I, my gut probably told me that I always wanted to be the ultimate leader of the business, the CEO. My head probably said, why on earth would you move from the safe haven of finance and adding up other people's numbers and asking them why they've gone wrong or (laughs) challenging (laughs) them to being the person who's ultimately accountable for it? But for me, it it, it just felt like a, a natural a natural step up and, and transition. Yes, you go through all of the um, imposter syndrome and all of those good things yeah, as you move sure. up through boardrooms and, and leadership roles. But yeah, no, it just felt a very natural progression for me in an industry yeah. that I've been learning for 20 years. So that made it easy to do. Yeah, absolutely. You got the context in that way as well, then, haven't you? As well as the, the leadership skills. Yeah, you've well, you've you've seen things go well and not so well in the past yeah. as well, and and, and learnt a few tricks. So. Yeah, quite often it's the things that haven't gone so well for people that you learn the most from as well. I think. No, absolutely, and particularly around people as well. So mm-hmm. look, we'll, we'll, you know, we can talk about it. And it's a bit cliched, but in in logistics, anyone can buy trucks, anyone can buy warehouses at relatively similar prices. Mm-hmm. The differentiating factor is the power of the people, of your colleagues, and how engaged they are, and and that's something I've I've learned more and more as I've gone through my career, and has has been an absolutely key driver of the turnaround that we've had in the last three years, really. Fantastic. And so, in terms of how you define a great leader, then that that understanding people, I guess, has to be up there. But are there other characteristics that you think are massively important to being a good leader? Yeah, do you know the, the the one thing that I've learned is being true to yourself mm-hmm. and being you is the greatest attribute to being a leader. Be 
because if you do that, if you believe in what you're doing and you're being true to yourself, you always do things right. You might get some things wrong. You might, you know, and, and you need to learn to learn from that and to develop. But for me, again, coming back to that introvert, extroverted person, I'm not a, a table banger. I'm not somebody who stands up at the lectern and, and loves it and does the big sales pitch. I yeah. can do it. I've learned to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'd like to think I'm okay at doing it, but it's not natural for me. So my leadership style has to be true to me or else I'd just drain, I'd drain that battery. I'd, I'd yeah. drain the battery all the time by doing stuff that's not true to me. So I, I believe if you're true to yourself, and you keep you kind of like an eye on what you're doing and how you're operating and your battery, um, then then it just works. It just works so well that you can become energised by doing lots of things that people find tiring sometimes. Absolutely. There, there is real power in authenticity. And I like the analogy of drain the battery. It's, it's a really clear analogy. That's, that's yeah, it is. Look, I'm, and I always learn from, from people. And there was, there was a, um, a lady who worked for us in um, an account development role many, many years ago. And I had a chat with her. And she used to, used to always talk about the analogy you've got to, you've got to refill refill the teapot or you can't keep pouring out the cups of tea so that's from a from a mental health and awareness point of view is something i i hold dear and you've the 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 key bit to that is understanding yourself so there's a real learning piece that i did at the beginning of taking on the ceo role with a coach which was about understanding myself and a lot of it's common sense and understand but writing down on a piece of paper what are your energy drivers and what your energy drainers is the most enlightening helpful thing I've ever done I think yeah that is good advice and so that leads me on to my next question in terms of was there an experience or a piece of advice that shaped your leadership style and I think in part maybe you've answered that already but was there anything else that springs to mind yeah well I think I think for me it was that coach thing so Mm. I'd kind of bummed and hard about it and talked about getting a, a coach and I did it three years ago um, through my, you know, throughout my CEO journey. Ironically, it's all about, again, when I talk about being a good leader and being true to yourself, finding the right coach for you. Mm-hmm. So my coach was somebody who I'd known for probably 10 years prior, but socially through the kids' football club, I didn't know what they did for a day job. They probably didn't know what I did. And a chance conversation huh. meant that I actually realised that they were the perfect coach for me because yeah. of, you know, some some, you know, physical processes that you can go through, but also their characteristics mm-hmm. um, meant that they were the right coach to guide me and to listen to some of my my stuff as well and they were also a pragmatic coach so whilst they'd not operated in the logistics sector they'd operated in the sector where a number of my customers operate so it gave me additional insight into understanding some of my customers fantastic so yeah getting getting a coach and it's never too late and it's never too early I would say yeah absolutely that is good advice and and so in terms of if someone was looking to follow in your footsteps, so maybe they were early in their career and they knew that they'd, they sort of wanted to set their sights on a leadership role or the C-suite, what advice would you offer them 
are there any sort of if I knew them what I know now moments or any nuggets that you're happy to share? I th- look, I think the um, learning about yourself mm-hmm. and understanding and being true to yourself is is key all the way. Mm-hmm. So don't don't play the the political. Um, games that are in some big organisations, in some small organisations as well. Be true to yourself, mm-hmm. enjoy what you do, um, and you know. I, I, I suppose the only tangible thing I would say is just be aware of your your CV and your your experiences you're gaining. Don't always ch- chase the pound note. Sometimes going and doing something for the same money or less money or, or whatever will be so valuable to you in terms of your future career. It's, it's an investment in yourself. So that's the one thing I would do. I'd always, always step forward for the, the project, the, the little extra bit that you can do because it, that experience, that being able to case study, being able to show what you can do. Yeah. is really, really important. And I suppose the final bit, and again with my characteristics, is, you know, believe in yourself. So yeah. that, that at some point, if you're going to go all the way to a leadership role, you will have imposter syndrome at some time. It's, it's so natural. It's the most yeah. natural thing ever. And, you know, it's refreshing now that more and more people are talking about that. People are talking about mental health and awareness those kind of things you've just got to you've got to understand yourself and and, and how you work so a yeah. bit of a long-winded answer but no right. just just get experience get lots of experience that's what I say to my my son who's 15 nearly 16 now just get some experience get experience in what you like doing what you don't like doing it just helps you work out what you want to do yeah absolutely and just going back to the the earlier part of the interview then you said that the difference within successful logistics is the people what have you learned on your path to enable you to have that sort of influence and that insight into how to manage and lead people that's made the difference for you so we we did something that was probably we thought was quite brave um back in in 2018 so we were looking for a new hr director mm-hmm. and we brought in an individual who had worked in logistics a number of years ago, but came in fresh from the hospitality sector. Okay. So they came in from the retail and the, uh, not retail, in the pub sector. Mm-hmm. And we really did work with them and their, their guidance on, on, on flipping the pyramid. So our business was, without going into in too much detail, was top down, do this, do that. Um, this is the best truck. That we'd buy it in the centre, we'd pass it to a colleague. All, and systems, all of those things. Uh-huh. And what the uh, HRD colleague did for us that they brought in from retail was the understanding that our frontline colleagues are the people that our customers meet day in, day out. So if you go into the pub, the, the person behind the bar, the waiter, the waitress who's serving you, that's what gives you your feeling of how good the establishment is. So we took that model into logistics we made the role we taught about flipping the pyramid so that my role as the CEO was to facilitate all the people on the front line 
being able to do the best job that they could do. So making sure they had the right tools, the right environment, they were in a safe workplace to do what they needed to do, rather than being stood in an ivory tower in the centre saying, do this, do that, yeah. and thinking I knew best, mm-hmm. because I didn't. So that that was the journey we went on Um and it really, really worked. And we, you know, one of our values was working together. And we, I really feel that over the last three years, we just did work with our frontline colleagues on everything from, you know, the thickness of the mattress in the cab to the provision of a microwave in the cab to the, you know, the, the, the liveries to the uniforms to everything. We worked together to get the right answer. And that it's not just one person pushing a stone up a hill, it's 1,400 people all pushing in the same direction and not competing or fighting in silos with each other. We, you know, it's the probably the proudest thing of the journey that, that I have is that we really engaged with our colleagues. And that came out in colleague engagement scores and all of those metrics, but yeah. so, so powerful. It's changed the way I will lead businesses because you just see how valuable it is. Yeah, yeah, it was that analogy of fourteen hundred people pushing the stone up the up the hill, rather one person trying to push treacle up a hill, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, uh, sort of penultimate question then: one leader that you admire, past and present, is there anyone that stands out that, that's either shaped your style or you, know, you spent some time learning about them and it resonated? Do you know? I'm. Uh, I was trying. I was thinking about this, and I don't. I don't have one. Per- I'd love to say it's Muhammad Ali or it's whoever, but. The, you know, the the thing for me, I love sport. So in my, in my spare time, I'll either be playing or watching or doing something in the outdoors with or involved with sport. So I love a sports autobiography. So yeah. whether it's a, a boxer or a footballer or a cyclist or any of those things, I've, I've probably got, I've taken aspects from a number of those disciplines, but probably the majority of sports related. So mm-hmm. I'm less likely to read a, no offence to Richard Branson, a Richard Branson autobiography, which yeah. I'm sure is very good, but I'll probably read a, you know, a, an Alex Ferguson autobiography or, a, you know, or Muhammad Ali or, you know, one of those things. So for me, it's sports heroes because of everything they have to do mm-hmm. to become successful. I, I like that kind of work rate, that effort, that attention to detail that that they go through. Yeah. And you know, like like most people, I I also take things from my my parents as well, which you know were not you know they weren't career um, leaders or anything like that. But I you know I take different aspects from what they do. So mm-hmm. you know, kind of satisfaction with life and and, and 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 all of those things and family and, and those bits are all um important as well so a bit of a long-winded answer but some some sports autobiography superstar somewhere and and so what's next over the next six 12 months for menzies what's what's on your desk at the moment well it's re- to be honest with you it's really a really exciting time so um we we continue with integrating the the Bibby business, which we we now um, under the umbrella of Menzies Distribution Solutions, yeah. um, that's really exciting. Growing with our existing customers and working with some of the Menzies customers, um, we've had some really big appointments to our main board, um, 
Charles Wilson from the ex-CEO um, of Booker and, and Tesco's and Andy Clark, the ex-CEO of Asda, have both joined in recent months. Fantastic. Um, you know, the Menzies business is, is really a really exciting place to be right now and some really good new customer offerings coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we won't be the last acquisition that's made by the, the group going forward as well. It's, you know, it's got a real buzz around the place in terms of what's going on. And I could do could do with a holiday as well at some point yeah. when we're allowed. So. You have to squeeze one in when we can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm yeah. sure it won't be long before that's allowed. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I've really enjoyed speaking with you, Richard, so thank you for, for making the time. It's been great to no, it's, it's, it's been great and uh, it's uh, always a pleasure.